welcome to the Living in the Yum podcast. I'm your host, Emma Garrison, founder of The Body Solution, entrepreneur, mindset coach, NLP master practitioner, and lover of lifelong learning. Each week, the Living in the Yum series brings innovative, thought-provoking, and actionable content to help you to gain clarity, alignment, and connection with your soul and body. It's time to take action, to take an authentic stand for yourself, and unapologetically live more into the yum every single day. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to another week of Living in the Yum podcast. Last week, I asked you guys live on my Instagram if you would prefer some tools and resources around anxiety and fear, or if you would prefer a distraction with sexuality. It was a split 50-50, so I thought I would release the sexuality podcast this week. Um, With that being said, this episode does cover some adult content, so please be forewarned with that. Um, additionally, in this episode, you will hear me referring to Vienna, not Jenna, as you'll see on the title. We recorded this episode several weeks back, and since then, Vienna has actually changed her name to Jenna. So that is where the confusion comes in. All of her social medias are Jenna Hitchcock, and I will link them below, and you will see them and get connected with her. Um, bear with us. The mic quality is a little iffy this week, but I promise you guys, this is one you don't want to miss. Okay. Welcome back to another week of living in the Yum podcast. I'm so excited to be back here. I have a friend of mine, Vienna, who is a magical, yummy person. And I'm so excited for her to introduce who she is and what she does And I'm really excited too, because the topics that we're getting into today, I don't know a lot about, so we're going to be learning together. But with that being said, Vienna, welcome to Living in the Yum. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to jam out with you today. (laughs) I know it's going to be the best. I'm so excited we're finally doing this. We've had this on the calendar and have had to reschedule. And it's just, I'm so excited. This is going to be awesome. Um, Can you start by telling us who you are, like, what's your story? What do you do? And give us a breakdown of who you be. Yeah, so I am a lot of things. I have been in business for myself since I was 19 years old. I was a beauty therapist for 15 years working one-on-one with women behind closed doors. And from that experience, um, many years owning clinics and having staff, it's led me into what I do now, which um, is coaching. I'm a connection coach um, and a somatic sex coach. So I help women to reconnect to their truth, their highest freedom, their body's wisdom and intuition so that they can live a life on their terms, the one that they dream of and know that it is possible and that they can bring any of the magic and the dreaming to life in their reality. So, um, yeah, who I be is I play in lots of different spaces. I think the work that I'm bringing forward at the moment is amalgamating all the things that I've done in the past. So bringing beauty and adornment and um, sexuality and being in your body and loving on yourself into a space of quantum as well. I work very much with um, other 
spaces. I'm in the middle of a shamanic apprentice and I've worked with many different psychedelic shamanic plants as well as vibrational medicines. So I, I play in both worlds. So in the invisible world as well as this physical world. And I think bringing that all together is so potent and powerful and we can access that so easily through different modalities. You know, plant medicine is one, self-pleasure is another, breath work is another, and meditating. So there's many avenues of the way that we can get to our highest truth and our highest source. And um, the work that I do is just helping others to find their own truth, their own freedom, so that they can live and be from that place without the constructs or the limitations of maybe what their past has shown them or society has um, conditioned them to be. So it's ultimately just finding your own truth and living from that place because the answers are within and never from anyone else. They're always here where you're looking from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love when that specific point comes up around like it's already here. And I think there's sometimes some misconceptions around coaches that they have the answers or they'll help you figure it out. And it's like my style of coaching and the way that I believe, or I'll say the way that I've experienced the most effective coaching is when I have coaches who can ask me questions that help guide me to the answers because it's all there. It's just a matter of like clearing the brush and dust away so you can really connect and see. And I think there's so much to your point, the like societal mess of it all that we've been programmed and conditioned into. And it's like, oh my gosh, to your point, there's so many amazing modalities to help us get there. And one of the reasons that I'm so excited to have Vienna on is because I do not have a lot of experience or knowledge around um, the self-pleasure somatic release work that she does and um, the other sexuality stuff. So I'm so stoked to dive into that, especially now that I've moved into like the body acceptance space. I know there's a component of what you're doing that I'm missing. And so bringing you on is like so yummy aligned for me because I think it will help me selfishly, but also anybody who's listening who doesn't maybe know what um, the somatic release and the sexuality and the importance behind it is. So can you dive a little bit more into that? And like, what even is sexuality and the somatic release of self-pleasure and and I don't even know if those are like intermingled or so you got (laughs) to set me straight here but help help me understand like what it is that that means yeah I mean I would love to ask you what you believe sexuality to mean for yourself because I think this is a really important piece is sexuality means so many things to every single individual person based on their past experiences and where they're at in their um, evolution or their their awareness around their own sexuality so I'd really like to know what do you what does sexuality the word mean to you yeah oh, it's an interesting question um, because when I think about sexuality I think about sex and I think about that being with a partner and I've had an interesting experience and evolution with my sexual relationships and like being in partnership with a long time without really experiencing pleasure from a sex sexual interaction. And so 
I'm that was a couple of years ago and I've started to move through that. I'm really like understanding what kind of created or caused that and or maybe not caused it, but but what what's the root that that comes from? And for me, I've realized I had like and I'm moving through this, but so much shame and guilt around sex. And like, I think it's maybe a worthiness component too. Um, of like in my head for so long, sex was about pleasing the man. And, and that was like the end game. And so just in the last couple of years, have I started realizing that like, oh my gosh, no, it's so much deeper than that. And the connection that you, um, can create with yourself, like the, um, manifestation orgasm or do you know what I'm referring to? (laughs) Keep going and I'll see if I know what you're referring to. (laughs) Well, it's essentially like when you're coming to climax, you're envisioning or quote manifesting what it is that you want to create. And then that helps support, I don't know anything about that or like the science behind it, but, um, but yeah, anyways, so sexuality, I'm still learning what I think it means. So that's such an interesting question. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Perfect. I love it because I think it is something, it's a relationship, right? It's like anything. We find out who we truly are in relationship to other things. And sexuality is part, an aspect of us and we have a relationship with it. It's like, you know, who we find out who we be through our relationship with money, through our relationship with our family, through our friends, through lovers, through everything we're in relationship to we discover more of who we truly are and so sexuality it's an evolving relationship it's part of your life you you know you experience it through through what you've been told or what you've seen or what you've experienced with a lover and how you be with yourself and I think it's an ever-evolving relationship so to even have the awareness, like I don't really know what this is, is a beautiful starting point to go, huh, what is this to me? And becoming really curious because you're in relationship with your own sexuality because it's an aspect of your life. Um, We are all sexual beings. Our very existence comes from sexual energy. I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be here if two people didn't come together and have a sexual experience and create a joining of forces and a little pop and a heartbeat for us to be here. Everything in existence is of sexual nature because it's the life force. It's our actual sexual innocence. When you get past what we create it to mean, like being sexy, being slutty, being um, seductress, being penetrative, being um, shy, like all the things that come with sexuality, like all the aspects and all the archetypes and all the things, when you get past all the meanings and all the things that we think it could be, it's truly life force. And like you said before about the manifestation um, orgasm, that's mm-hmm. also known as sex magic. And so when, if you've ever read any of Osho's books, he kind of deconstructs sexuality really intensely. And all of his books always 
trigger the ego for me because he is just so good at getting beyond the meaning-making part of the human being and going straight to the actual thing. And I think sexuality, you can play in it any way you choose. There's no right or wrong in this world. And so when sexuality comes up, like you said, there's guilt and shame a lot of the time based on past experience, based on how our parents were around sex, based on um, things that we've seen or heard. Um, you know, there's things like slut shaming for women who, you know, wanted to be fully expressed in their sexuality but were suppressed and repressed down and that's still showing up in our reality today. And I think that's why this work is so important and really understanding who we are within through our sexuality and having a really solid relationship with it to cultivate an expression that looks like truth for us because sexuality doesn't have to look any which way it can be anything because truthfully beyond all the taboo and all the things that you can play in it's your life force it's your erotic innocence it's that space where there's nothing and everything. It's going into the quantum and creating. And that's why you can create a life. You can create a human being through sex. It's because you're an ultimate creation, because you're working with quantum energy, because you're getting out of the mind and into the body's wisdom and ultimately moving past that into a space of no mind, which is where you're talking about that manifesting orgasm a lot of reasons why people become attached or addicted to sex or orgasm or pleasuring or um you know reach for it especially if they're stressed and they just want to get out of their heads is because at peak orgasm you go into satori for a moment which is satori is no mind it's that place of bliss of peace and so we're mm. searching for that, which we can cultivate and create in our day-to-day life. It takes work, however. So um, when we can see that and know that, we can actually be with our, our sexual energy and our um, life force energy a lot more, with a lot more awareness, and then we can create with it. So that's why the somatic self-pleasure is um, a really beautiful tool to create a life of magic, one that you dream of. So you can get beyond the space of thoughts, of um, trauma, of emotion. You can go past the mental body, the emotional body, into the physical body, into the pleasure, into the experience of what you're experiencing. And then you can actually move past into this beautiful space where you're creating from. And I love that you bring that up because a lot of times when we have the density energy of shame and guilt in the body, um, now there's a book called Power Versus Force. And in that, I can't remember who it's by, but maybe you can put it in the show notes. We can find it afterwards. Um, There's a pyramid and it shows you uh, the frequency of different emotions and, and they've measured them on like a frequency and the highest is you know enlightenment joy love they're really high vibrational and so when you're sitting in that and you're being that you can be at a really high frequency to manifest and call in anything that you're wanting to create in your life when there's density like shame and guilt reciting in the body and you can feel it and it hasn't shifted through and out and made itself 
aware to your conscious mind and you've processed it through, what that can do is it can limit you to what you can call in. It can limit you to what you can hold. And that comes to money, that comes to relationships, that comes to, you know, being able to have a thriving business, um, whatever it is that you want in your life. And so the more we can do the somatic work, and somatic is meaning of the body, so moving through the energy that is no longer serving you or your body, and allowing that to move through that could look like emotion so energy and motion emotion so it could look like crying laughing um convulsing it could be movement it could be dancing shifting the energy out so that it's no longer within so that you can be at a higher frequency and you can actually create a life that feels like it's just building more and more momentum and it's not holding you down in a way that um, keeps you stuck, that keeps you repeating the same patterns, that keeps you fearful of, oh, this is going too good. What if something shit's about to happen? <laughs> so that you can release what no longer serves you. And we're always shifting and moving. Energy is coming through and moving and in and out. And so the more we can be with our bodies and be with the energy of the body and out of our minds, the more we can create and live a life of pure bliss joy it's it's really the feeling the soul's language is feeling it senses so if we're feeling the thing we want to experience we're in our highest expression um a lot of time when we're manifesting it comes from our mind it comes from a place of i want this i want the million dollars i want the house i want the man i want the king whatever it is and we're really looking our soul is looking for the felt sense it's looking for the felt sense of that experience because that's how the soul speaks and the more you get in tune with your body's wisdom the more you can feel what's good what's not good and then you can be really clear on your boundaries and that's why this work is so important because it's dropping you into the speed of your body's wisdom and you can really listen in a way that you have never probably been taught or experienced before yeah, I love when you talk about your body's wisdom. There was a really long time speaking for myself that I really operated completely separate from my body. I had no, uh, well, that I can't say no connection, but I was not in tune. I was not listening and was just like running on autopilot ego wise. And I think um, that's pretty normal quote, you know, most people don't even think. And, and honestly, when I, <laughs> I went to a shaman when I was just getting out of college, my dad let me go to his shaman and I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really, I like was not subscribing to it. I was kind of like, whatever, we'll see what she says. And <clears throat> she did some exercises with me where you know, I'd put my arm out and we would ask yes or no questions to try and help navigate and just listen to the body. And I remember leaving there being like, that lady's a nut, you know, <laughs> and now, <laughs> now I've done some of my own exploring and really leaning into listening to what my body, which I directly associate with my soul. When you were talking about what does your soul want? Like, the experiences and feelings. And I think this also comes back to what you were saying earlier around 
it's all already inside of us. Like you have it all. It's just a matter of remembering and listening and paying attention. And I so didn't believe that for so long. And now it's such a huge part of my life, like just breathing and getting quiet. And like, I can feel any answer very quickly from just quieting my mind, breathing a little bit, not like full breath work, but just belly breaths and listening. So for me, I use breath a lot. I've done a couple of breath work sessions and I know that's something that you do. Um, and I've done, you know, just like free flow dancing, things like that. I go outside and walk and that's actually a really powerful way for me to connect to my body. So is the pleasure in the same playing field as those types of modalities to tune in and listen, or is this on its own, you know, wavelength? So it's about being with what is, right? Because we're so seeking, we're seeking beings. It's part of our nature. It's part of what's been taught to us. And so when we drop into, um, so somatic sex work is self-pleasure, right? And a lot of times when we think of self-pleasure, and I don't know if this is true for you, but I've found with working with clients, they think, oh, it's masturbating and reaching orgasm, mm. which isn't always what the body is asking. So when it comes to somatic sex work, self-pleasure, we're working with the breath, with sound, and with touch. So on any given day, depending on what's what's there, so a session with me would look like we sit down or if it's over online and we have a quick chat and just talk about what's present right now and what's been showing up and what's here right now because, you know, we're often looking into the past or looking into the future and we're not actually here with what is. And so when we go into self-pleasure, it's actually honoring what's here right now with the body, what's here right now with the thoughts that have been created and being with what is. And so self-pleasure can sometimes just look like lightly touching and feeling the real subtleties of pleasure on the top of your skin. Sometimes it's screaming and releasing out some anger that shows up because there's something there. Sometimes it's actually like playing with the energy field outside of the physical body and actually breathing into something and, and being in an experience. I have experiences like as if I'm on a plant medicine journey or in a really deep meditation usually when I'm self-pleasuring. And not often, like most times, it will lead into pleasure and I'll orgasm. And sometimes it doesn't. And the thing that is... Um, the deconstructing or the reconditioning or the or the letting go of is not searching for pleasure not seeking for anything other than what is here right now and not needing it to look anything different so if you're super emotional and you're in grief or you're in sadness and you're like why is this here why is such a weak ask when something is presenting itself because it's here you don't need to know why it's here be with it allow it express it let it shift through and move forward because you know a lot of times in personal development we discover you know on our little buses I call them you know little spirituality bus or personal development buses and you know you get on the bus where and your, your evolution buses, let's call them that. And you'll learn about NLP and you'll be on the NLP bus and be like, oh my God, this has changed my life. 
and you'll be on that bus for a while and you'll realize that this thing leads to that thing and that's amazing and then eventually the ego catches up with the game and you're still on the bus and then it becomes your prison and so it's time to get off that bus and try something new and we evolve through change we evolve through some trying new things on and experiencing new things and you know that's why all modalities work in our evolution everything is perfect for where you're at and if you stay too long or become attached to something and think this is it this is the answer the ego will catch on and go haha I can play with this so it's about you know experiencing yourself in the now because whenever we think we've found the answer we're stuck because there is no answer there is only this now moment and being with what is and experiencing it however it's needing to be experienced in the moment is the juice it's where the magic is and when we are seeking for an answer or seeking for pleasure or seeking for orgasm or seeking for something we're actually outsourcing we're looking for something that's not here right now so it's actually experiencing and being with what is and loving and accepting that and that's loving and accepting every part of ourselves so a lot of times when it comes to sexuality we've disowned our pleasure because pleasure sometimes equals pain it kind of is a is a, a, a seesaw effect and you know, when we've had pleasure show up or we've been trained that woman, you know, there's still female genital mutilation going on in this world, which is, you know, interesting to me. It's it's one of my driving forces that there are still practices to this day that remove the very sensational pleasure center from our vulva, from our yoni, if you want to call it that, because women don't deserve to experience pleasure. That's the mindset behind it and that's that's one level of it but there are nuances of that all over the show so even um avoiding pleasure is a thing so there are so many different ways to be in self-pleasure and it's about seeing what's there with each individual and knowing where to go and where to flow and allowing what is to come up because sometimes sexual trauma comes up you know through my own sexuality journey when I was um going on my spiritual awakening if you want to call it that I went I was celibate for six months and that was so powerful for me because I had so much attachment and addiction to sex and um having sex equal love and so being able to deconstruct that while completely being with myself and not having any orgasm although the universe gifted me an orgasm during that time out of nowhere which was amazing I was like oh my god I've broken my celibacy but um uh you know it was it really allowed me to see my shit through that time that six months and from that point onwards it uncovered a sexual trauma that my um conscious mind had blocked mm-hmm. um and was waiting for me to be ready and in a space to actually process it and um be with it and like you said before I was disconnected from my body completely before that point without the conscious knowing of why And because I just allowed everything to be and I allowed things to show up when it wanted to, I didn't go searching for the answer. Why is this here? Why am I feeling this way? 
it naturally showed up in its own timing and it processed out very quickly and it was able to be nourished and supported and um, felt and seen. And so I think a lot of our disconnection can come from things, memories that we haven't yet processed or had facilitation or proper nourishing um, awareness and allowance for. And when we can be held in something like self-pleasure and be witnessed, being witnessed is super powerful when it comes to this work. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm going on some beautiful tangents over here. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, one of the things that you were talking about when you were sharing about being with what is like what is right now or not searching for an orgasm or a specific type of pleasure or the answer or whatever it is that is one of my I mean uh, probably all of our life like biggest life lessons of just being right here right now with no judgment about it a couple of maybe months ago now, um, I had a friend of mine, Sanika, on the podcast, and we were talking about how we are conditioned and programmed by society, by media, by friends, family, whatever, um, to have feelings about how we're feeling. And like, if you're crying, what does that mean? Oh, I'm having shame. Like this is embarrassing. That that was the story that played in my head for a long time about tears. It's like embarrassing. It means you're not strong. There's like emotions about our emotions. And that is a torture chamber. Like, and (laughs) it's, there's no allowing of, of the process. Like I can see so clearly now, I mean, from experiences that I've had, not just because it like switched off in my head, but the power of being with what is and like the surrender that's required for that is out of this world. And I don't think it's something that most human beings are comfortable doing. Like it's hard to shut the mind off for a second and just yeah. like, like allow. We are meaning making machines. We mm-hmm. love to make meanings out of things. And truthfully, our meanings are based on our past experiences or from what we're experiencing now, like what we're reading and what we're thinking. And then we're like, oh, that's what that means because I've just read it in this book and now it's here in front of me. We've got a thing called the reticular activating system. And when we're focusing on something, it will show up in our reality. It's the synchronization of everything. And then we're like, whoa, that's, you know, we like to make meanings and we, it's part of the process. It's part of the fun of this game of life. And when you can see that, you can actually witness it in a way of, does it really mean that? Or am I just making up a story to make me feel comfortable or to keep me in this safe place or to um, to be the victim to that person over there that has done something wrong, you know? So mm-hmm. when we can see that we're making these meanings all the time and we can, we can truthfully create our own reality based on what we make it mean, and that's all we're doing all the time. And so when we can get past this mind stuff, and this is why being in the body, breath work, self-pleasure, dancing, moving our body, anything that drops us into the physical being and into the body's wisdom and allows us to surrender out of the mind and the chatter and the thoughts, meditation, that's where the freedom is. That's where our truth is. That's where our highest expression is. And, you know, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a beautiful sexual 
you know, experience with a partner where you're just so out of your mind and you just are so in it and it's so orgasmic and so pleasurable and afterwards you're like, holy shit, what just happened? Because you went (laughs) beyond the mind and into the body's wisdom and allowed the energy and the eros to just move you and be moved by it. And when we can do that more and more in our day-to-day life, we can allow life, we can allow life to make love to us because we are working with the same energy in life. It's just that when when we're constructing meanings all the time, we're not allowing that flow, that orgasmic, pleasurable life force to move us every single moment of every single day. Mm-hmm. yeah the meaning making is big <laughs> you had mentioned part of the work that you do and something that you said was super powerful was the being witnessed component mm-hmm. and when I think like I said I'm not well versed in this topic so when I think about self-pleasure or orgasm being witnessed by somebody else who's like not my partner I'm like oh my gosh major contraction so can you talk to us about what that's like both on like a in session but also what are the benefits of being witnessed like what does that allow for who you're working with in that moment to experience yeah so the feminine loves to be witnessed she loves to be adorned and ravished and, and, and gazed upon. Um, and truthfully, there was this moment last year I was watching. I don't know if you've seen the, the program. It's so good. It's on Netflix called Russian Doll. And she's in a loop. She keeps dying. <laughs> she's on her 33rd birthday and she keeps dying and ending up in the bathroom of her 33rd birthday. And she's, She's trying to figure out why she keeps dying and coming back. She's on a loop because she's repeating the same thing and she needs to figure out, like, the thing. And um, there's this one line in that program and I was like, ah, interesting. She said, what if the whole point of this life is to be witnessed and to witness others? And I was like, oh, fascinating because if you weren't here witnessing me, and I wasn't here witnessing you, we wouldn't exist. We're all here witnessing each other in our glory, in our greatness, in our beauty, in our shit, in our sadness, in our pain. We are here to witness each other and to be in this together. And so truthfully, when we're going into our our sexuality, there's usually a lot of shame and guilt and fear around being witnessed because what if, you know, what would that be like? Because we've been taught, like, sex happens behind closed doors. It's only for you and a partner. You shouldn't be this way. You should be that way. You should look this way. The guilt and shame. <laughs> exactly. So it's part, of the, it's part of the teaching and the learning that we need to be a certain way to be sexual. And so breaking through that discomfort, that um, unknown place and being witnessed in your self-pleasure because you don't actually know what's going to come up in any self-pleasure session. Like sometimes it's orgasm. Sometimes you get fully naked and you you touch yourself and you orgasm and you're being witnessed in that. And I had that experience with a friend of mine who's also a somatic sex coach where I was naked and I was lying down and I, was, I, I went back into my head at one point and I thought, wow, she's getting a really good view right now because the camera was right up on my 
vulva. And mm-hmm. and afterwards we talked about it and she was like, oh, yeah, I was just, um, I was worshipping your yoni. And I was like, oh, how interesting because mm-hmm. there was a quick thought while I was in it and in the pleasure of it. And I was like, oh, wow, how beautiful that someone was worshipping my yoni during that and you know the mind wanted to be like ah she's seeing everything like this is this is not okay and on her end she was having this delicious amazing worshipping witnessing of me in my pleasure and you know that was really transformational for me because I'm like oh wow someone just worshipped on me and loved on me while I was in my own internal world and being witnessed there is something very powerful I don't know if you know you've been in rooms or if anyone listening has been in rooms where you share things that are super vulnerable like the thing that you've never shared before and being witnessed in that and the somatic release that comes from that is huge and you know even just sharing with a girlfriend or a really close family member or your partner you know, something that you've held inside and the release that comes with that because we came here to be all that we are and to be witnessed in that. And so when it comes to our sexuality, if we haven't gone to places that we haven't allowed ourselves to because of fear, there's something there that wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. And being witnessed by someone else and being seen and and held in something is so potent and powerful it's beyond words. It's beyond um, the logical mind's understanding. It can shift things that are there that have been there for a very long time in a matter of seconds. And so that witnessing is a is part of this game of life. It's part of why we're here. And the more we can allow ourselves to be witnessed in all areas and all aspects, the more we come into wholeness. Before we jumped on this, I said to you, you know, um, around the word sexuality, and I wanted to bring this up on um, this podcast. And one of the reasons why I asked you what you believed sexuality to mean, because like we've talked about, we're meaning-making machines. So sexuality means different things to different people. And I am fascinated by language, etymology and language. And part of my work that I do, I'm a very, it's almost like words jump out at me. It's like I'll catch a word and go, oh, that's the thing. And then I'll throw that back at a client and then they'll be like, ah, oh, that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's so fascinating. Language in me and etymology, I play in it really beautifully. And um, the word sexuality, the other night I couldn't sleep and I am a really good sleeper. If I'm kept up awake, there's something coming through and I got my whiteboard out. I've got this massive whiteboard and I wrote sexuality on this whiteboard and I was playing in the idea and I deconstructed the word. And so sex, you're And I started Googling and looking at these these three aspects of the, the word and ality when it's linked to a word in the English language, means being. And then I looked up sex, and sex is a split. You know, like when you have a split in atoms, it can be boy, girl. A split, it's two parts coming together, or it can be a split. And then jewel, I couldn't find much on that, but I I linked it to jewel, like the duality. Everything in this reality has an opposite. So fear. Love, up, down, pain, pleasure. There's a we live in a duality world where everything exists and everything is real. Like everything is true, 
on some degree because there's an opposite to everything. So if you believe this to be true, somewhere the opposite of that also exists and that is also true. We live in a duality world. And so what I truly believe from this drop-in the other night with my whiteboard and deconstructing this word and just having a big laugh to myself, when you get past all the things that we've made sex mean and we've made our sexuality mean and, and what that means for us to be in, it truly is just bringing your wholeness together into being. Because if you can bring the duality and the split and the sexes and the and the and the the two parts together, the feminine, the masculine, the the splitting and the duality together into your being, you become whole. So I believe that for me, the work that I'm doing is allowing people to come back into wholeness and to bring the aspects that they've disowned and the places that they haven't explored or the things that they're fearful of and exploring that to bring it into oneness, bring it back into being, within the being, Mm -hmm. because truthfully that's what this work is. It's it's about having all the experiences that you're you're interested in and, and playing in and seeing what shows up in that and bringing those aspects of yourself that may have got a little fragmented over the years of, you know, maybe being told that, you know, the way you're being is, you know, you're a slut and then that stopped you from being so fully expressed in, in, in sex and enjoying it and having many partners or being told that you you know need to be nice be the nice girl don't you know go out and get what you want and be that seductress that draws and you know uh, the clients or the money or the men that you want like all of those aspects of yourself that maybe have been disowned or pushed aside or not even connected to and bringing that back into oneness bringing it back into the whole being so you can be in each moment in that place, in wholeness, and live your life from that place. That's what I believe freedom is. And so sexuality can mean a lot of things and it can look a lot of ways and you can plan it however you choose. And for me, I I see it as a holistic way of being. It's about bringing all aspects of yourself and eradicating guilt and shame and, and, um, and anything that you feel is wrong about you and exploring that and playing in it to own it, to be with it, to see it, to love it, to accept it. And that may be past stuff and that may be what's showing up now. You may have like a sexual desire that you're denying because you're like, that's so fucked up and weird. (laughs) And I tell you from working with beauty and beauty therapy and waxing, you know, over 15,000 Brazilians in my time, I've heard and seen a lot of things and, you know, all of it's welcome. We came to this life. This world is actually a playground that allows everything to exist. It allows whatever you want to bring into fruition to play with to existence. And with that, we have this consciousness, this mindfulness of, is it for the greatest good of my being? Is this for the greatest good of all? And I want to really bring that in because, yes, all is allowed here. You can play in whatever you choose. And what is the effect of that? Where are you choosing from? what is for your highest good and for the highest good of others. And from that place, you can play a bigger game. You can play in a sense of working with your sexuality to heal yourself, to heal others, to play with your life force, to bring in beauty into this world, to allow others to realize that this place that we're on, this playground, is heaven on earth. And all of it's allowed. 
we get to plan it how we choose for the highest good of all, not just for our own graspy, needy attachments or validation. Yeah, you you touched on this a little bit, but the component of choosing and being willing to play where you feel uncomfortable. There's been a small handful of times when I've really been able to feel or allow myself to feel fully safe to just do it, whatever it is, um, or like live in this playground world of its opposite day and experiencing things that you normally shut off or have, you know, the chatter around good girl or I should or shouldn't do that based on what society tells me, or I should have shame about this or whatever. And I think there's speaking for myself, like you mentioned, it's all here. You just get to choose how you play. And if you are willing to lean into the things that feel uncomfortable to see what else is there. And I think that is such an important reminder because when we're just running on autopilot, those things never even come to mind because you're scared or it's wrong or I would never do that or whatever. And so remembering it's all a playground if you let it be and doing so responsibly gets to be a choice and one that you in my opinion, get to opt into. Like there's no other way to do it because your ego is going to protect you from doing it otherwise. (laughs) It's going to say, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I truly believe that things show up for us in the moment for us to choose one of two things, love or fear. So we can either choose the fearful choice, which is staying where we are and maybe not choosing the thing that, that, you know, the fear is actually like, no, don't go there. Don't go into your highest expression. Don't go play in that thing because it could create something else. So you stay stuck or you choose the easy option, which is usually the most, you know, the easy option is usually the safest option. And I love that you've brought in the word safety because when you're so integrated in your body and your knowing and your and your discernment and um can really listen to the soul's language that felt sense of yes and no and knowing your boundaries and really tapping into what's a yes and what's a no the safety thing is actually a mind construct because to feel safe to go there has to be i feel safe always within my body because i trust myself and this is a no or oh this is a yes interesting it feels uncomfortable and unsafe and all the things and I'm not saying like you know just lean in just for the sake of leaning in you've got to feel solid in you and your discernment and your boundaries and trusting yourself so deeply that when you want to play in something that's edgy or you know um when we're talking about sexuality like if you're wanting to go to a a temple night or going and and playing in those spaces if the container's really well held they'll teach you to be in your discernment be in your boundaries know what's a yes for you know what's a no for you and stay solid in that and that's what builds up more of your being and more of your um your integrity with yourself 
And I think a lot of times when people play in their sexuality, they do things outside of their boundaries to learn, oh, shit, I said yes when I meant no. Oh, shit, I, 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 I went to this thing even though I didn't want to and I wanted to be over here doing this thing, but I went with the crowd instead. Like those are all little ways we're leaking out of our boundaries. And so the more that we can be in our sexuality and our self-pleasure, and this is why self-pleasure is so important because truthfully, experiencing it with a partner is delicious. It's, I mean, that's why we're here. That's to play with each other, to witness each other, to experience each other, to find out who we are in relationship to the other. And we get to also know who we are with ourselves because the biggest relationship we have, the one we have from the day we're born to the day we die is the one we have with ourselves. And the more we can be in our own sexuality and feel our body and be with what is in any moment, the more integrity we have, the, the more trust we have in our yeses and our noes and our boundaries, the more we know, I've got this, I trust myself. This is a yes feels fucking weird but I'm gonna do it anyway and that is the key piece to safety because I know that I'm always safe because I always trust my choices I always trust myself and I also know that I cannot put that safety in another person I cannot put my trust into another person it always comes back to me whenever I put that into someone else like oh I trust them I I feel safe with them that is outsourcing what's already here within you And so when you can really solidly create that within yourself, you can choose with such high discernment and know that whatever shows up within that, you've got you. And that you can say no at any point and yes at any point to lean you into whatever. Yeah, so beautifully said. I loved that. I could just listen to you talk about this all day. <laughs> um, and I love too that like because coming into this conversation, you know, like I mentioned, I I have not learned or educated myself on the self pleasure somatic release and and the work that you do um, or part of the work that you do. And in my head, like you shared some of your clients have experienced like in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, you're masturbating in front of somebody. And that's kind of the game. And I love that the depth of this and not that I would experience or expect anything else from you, but like the, the depth of this is so much greater than just, um, well, I was going to use the word, you know, sexual experiences, but obviously that's like a deeper connection. It's, I see it as a web. And I also love that this is becoming a more, or this is my hope that this is becoming a more mainstream conversation. And like, you know, there's books out and like Goop Lab just came out on Netflix. I don't know if you saw the pleasure episode. I Um, loved it. It was so good. I feel like I'm going to be bitty when I'm 90. Yes. She was awesome. And just like thinking about the boundaries that that episode in particular just like blasted through based on what society says is or isn't appropriate to share on television. It's like, I'm so excited that these conversations are happening. I think they're so important. I think it's so beautiful. I think like busting the myths that people have around their assumptions of sexuality or what it means to be connected to your body and why that matters and being witnessed in it. And like, I mean, all the things, it's just such an amazing message to be getting out. And I'm so excited to continue 
to learn more and experience more and, and really tap into this modality too. I just think it's so incredible. I love what you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I loved that Goop episode, the Goop Lab um, on sexuality. Um, I think it's the pleasure is ours is what it's called. And, uh-huh. you know, it's fascinating because on social media, you can't use the word sex or sexuality. You have to put a dollar sign as an S or change up the word because they don't want anything around sex on social media. Yet you can post like provocative, um, you can you can do like you, can, you can't show nipples. Um, I photograph women naked. I've been a photographer for 10 years as well. I used to photograph weddings. And um, I had one photo where the woman's hair was over her, um, her breast and you could see a tiny bit of her nipple poking through her hair and someone reported it and it got blocked. And, like, there's so many people in the sexuality space who get blocked or um, all their posts start getting no response on them if they've shared something that's got the word sex or um, sexuality in it. Or, um, yeah, my teacher who I did uh, my somatic sex coaching certificate through Victoria Redbud, she gets blocked on Facebook a lot. She has to be really discerning on what she shares now because they watch her because in the past she was just sharing all this thing. And it's the same in the plant medicine world. You cannot share, like, the word psychedelics on Facebook anymore in ads and things it it pulls it out so there's a lot of um still walls and things coming up against these topics and last night I went on Pinterest because I'm doing some rebranding um because I'm about to create a retreat working with ayahuasca around sexuality for women um coming up in June and I'm just doing some branding research and I looked up sexuality on Pinterest and I was so surprised there was nothing. And I looked up Shutterstock photos. So I just wanted to see, like, some images. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really there that's actually talking about what we're talking about today. Because, and when I put in sex into Pinterest, it wouldn't show me anything. It said we have rules and regulations around these topics. Because I think people associate sex with porn. And mm-hmm. it would be graphic images. So it's really deconstructing wow. and re debunking like what do we believe sex to be do we think it's just like you know having a blowjob and like penetrative sex and watching porn like do we think that's what sex is and yes that is part of it it's fun we get to play and all of it and there's nothing wrong with porn however what have we been shown and taught and what are they not still showing us like this aspect of it and you know when you go into tantra and all those things you can you can see and feel a different vibration but it's fascinating to me that this is not being spoken of and not being taught to young girls and boys mm-hmm. we, we get taught you know contraceptive um don't get pregnant stis like all this fear-based stuff and it's just like well what is actually your sexuality how is it being with that How do you want to express that? And I think the program on Netflix, Sex Education, is such a beautiful move forward. I don't know if you've seen it, if anyone's listening. Mm -hmm. Um, It's these teenage kids and um, it's 
so good because they're debunking a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. They and they're all having these big um, conversations with their friends. And I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, you, you don't talk about all those things. Like it was oh, yeah. so shut down. Whereas this program is showing these kids like sharing what their sexuality is and how they plan it and what's coming up for them and the issues they're having. And it's so good because it's just blowing everything out of the water because all of it's allowed and we're all experiencing something on a sexual level because it's part of our being yeah Yeah. I would love to see too like I when you were talking about those kids sharing this memory came up for me I want to say I was maybe in like fifth grade and it was like a prepubescent I don't know that it was necessarily a sex class but like here's what's about to happen to your body in the next couple of years And they had us ask questions and you could write down a question and then, you know, stick it in your box. So it was anonymous. And what came to me while you were just saying that was like, oh my God, that's part of the problem. Like, I love that opportunity for kids to ask questions, but like not being able to just say it out loud, that creates and continues the shame around whatever you are curious about or don't know about or have questions about. And it's like, why is I mean, I think, I think we, there are so many things that happen like that, that then create our mind makes meaning out of, you know, subconsciously most of the time. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this happens all over the place all the time. Yeah. And I've never thought about the nuances are insane to it. Like, yeah, it's the suppression, the suppression, it goes, it's, it's so and you think of sexuality like you think of where your root chakra is in the body and where you have sex right where that area is it's the base of our body the root chakra is you know our safety security it's our foundation and in New Zealand and Australia I don't know if you guys say this in America but a lot of people refer to sex as rooting and I find that really funny like did you root it did you root him blah blah blah. um real slang real filth talk but I find that fascinating because, of course, that's what you're doing. You're rooting into the body. Like, it's that root chakra. It's that foundation. It's that security. And um, a lot of times our guilt and shame is held in the root of our body. Like, when we do work with um, Bridge and Extreme with Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles, there's some um, exercises they do in there, and it's to move out some guilt and shame. And, like, a lot of times it's to do with sexuality. And those rooms, like about 80 to 90 percent of those rooms have experienced sexual trauma which Mm -hmm. which if you looked on a mass level that's happening everywhere people just aren't speaking of it and aren't moving through the process to to remove it so this topic is huge and the suppression is huge yeah the suppression is so real and I think to your point earlier where you were talking about the experience of being witnessed, like speaking, even just like letting it come out of your mouth through your throat, the um, shame that you have saying it out loud to somebody else. It's the like, not to your point about some of the sexual traumas and the crazy percentage of people that we've seen at Bridge and Extreme who have experienced things like that. It's like, people aren't talking about it. And that's part of the suppression problem. Like they think they're the only ones who have experienced it, or it makes them dirty or 
unattractive or whatever the story, whatever the, you know, mind is making meaning of. And gosh, if we could just have, and that's what I love so much about the community that Bridge and Extreme creates and also just like being connected with other people who um, can see the, these types of things. It's like, you can have those conversations. And I think that's an important thing that I would love to share is like, if you have something that you feel shame and guilt about, and if you don't feel safe based on whatever your experience is with the people around you, know that there are communities and people that like, it ain't no thing to talk about this stuff with. We get to witness each other and move through it together. And it's just like, there are spaces where it's, it just is. And it's, it's freeing to move through being witnessed. Yeah, yeah, something that came up from you speaking then was, you know, the work of Brene Brown and she talks about, you know, shame and vulnerability and she talks around vulnerability like it's our superpower. It's how we, you know, find our courage is by being super vulnerable with others. And she also talks about, you know, being discerning with who you share with because some people cannot hold what you want to share. Yeah. And I think I get to bring this into this conversation because this is why hiring someone, a coach, hiring someone who works in sexuality, someone who works in trauma, someone who works with somatic, someone who has been there and seen it is so important because they can hold it, they can hear it, they can witness you in your highest, which for some people, these language, that language doesn't, you don't even probably know what that means. It means I see you beyond the trauma you've had. I see you as perfect, whole and complete and these things that have happened in your life, I feel you and I see you in your humanness and I know that there is a part of you that is beyond that, that we're touching on the surface of right now as this magic's occurring and you're sharing these parts of you that you've felt so shameful or so guilty or so, so like it's not even an option to share with someone that can hold it. So I think it's really important to share that here because, you know, the people that you surround yourself with in your environment, they often are in the same place as you and they may not be able to hold it. And this is why investing in yourself and investing in someone who can hold it is so important. Like there's some things coming up in my life at the moment around certain things and I'm going to invest in someone who knows how to hold me in it. And, you know, I could work on it with my friends. I've got some pretty powerful people in my world, but I know that if I invest in someone who can hold me in such a powerful way that can really allow me to to move through whatever it is that's coming up, things shift really, really quickly. And so Mm -hmm. I think being able to share that in a safe place, like you said, like someone who's neutral to what's coming up for you is so important. Yeah. And I think adding to what you're sharing about hiring somebody and investing in someone who knows how to hold the space, you know, I think for a long time, prior to being in the coaching space, um, I had experienced therapy and it was never effective for me. I had some not great experiences over, you know, dozens of times going and I remember thinking, what am I paying this person for? Um, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel held. And I thought I can just do this with my friends. And um, after investing in my first one-on-one coach, 
I realized what a drastic contrast it is. Even, even, I mean, your friends might be able to hold the space or your family might be able to hold the space. And the truth is they are, I've used this analogy before and I kind of need to work through it a little bit, but I think it's almost there. It's like your friends and your family sit on your ego side and a coach to your point can sit on your higher self side and like see past. And there's, if you have an experience that you hold shame about, there's a chance that the people around you would feel, Oh my gosh, are you okay? Oh my gosh. You know, there's like a certain level of response that happens that I think increases the suppression and shame and guilt around whatever, you know, it's like, Oh my God, this is a big deal or or whatever it's the experiences. So it's like those people who are so invested and love you and are like really in your life are here to keep you safe and want you, you know, to be protected and no, don't quit your job and become a coach. That's not the right decision because what about money or whatever? I mean, same thing with sharing traumas with them. There's a different level and investment of investment emotionally for them than um, a coach can hold in a way that is still filled with love and they love you, but they see you in a way that doesn't need to be protected because like what we started with, they know that you've got all that it is right here, right now, your whole, your complete, everything is right here, right now. And I think sometimes, or in my experience, my family and friends outside of the coaching space are scared and there's not necessarily the capacity to have the effective conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it it depends on every single individual's, you know, space. And, you know, your family goes off what they've seen of you in the past. So they only know you as you are now. They don't know what your potential Mm -hmm. is. I mean, depends because some people's family, like I have pretty amazing, like family that I feel like if I go and talk to my dad about something, he'll just be like, oh, you always figure it out. And everything you touch turns to gold. You'll be sweet. Like, don't even worry about it. And like, you know, that's a situation we have now. But I think, you know, like, again, it's that discernment of knowing like who to talk to and like seeking out someone who's working in a space, somewhere, someone who's been where you haven't gone before and can and can can work with you through it. Like, you know, I would never work with someone with plant medicines who hasn't been in the work for a long, long time because those spaces are really really deep and you know being discerning on the shamans and all the things that you're working with I wouldn't just rock up to someone's house and work with you know ayahuasca or or any of those things off the cuff like that to me is is dangerous so you know it's being really discerning in your choices and and really choosing from a place of where am I choosing from and and who who can hold me in this and and what am I needing from this because sometimes we're just doing it because the crowd's doing it. And sometimes we're doing it because we feel like it's going to mean something about ourselves and having that discernment around who we talk to, why we're talking to them and, and what the intention is mm-hmm. with the work okay. you're doing with people and others. And that intention is so important, being super intentional on, on, on all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we could talk for 100 years 
<laughs> I know. I always, I always have this beautiful problem on this podcast. It's like, I could literally just keep going and going and going. And it's, you know, we're, here we are an hour and 10 minutes in and um, so many beautiful conversations. And this was so fun for me in the sense of like getting to learn along with the listeners from something that I don't know much about and um, getting to ask questions to an expert who knows the game and can share, you know, a, a new approach that I hadn't considered before. So thank you so much for being here and being open and rocking with me with all of my questions and all the things. It's been so much fun. Thank you. It's been so yeah. good. I love it. But before we go, can you tell everyone how they can get connected with you? Yeah, sure. So um, beinachiron.com is my website. Um, on there, I do. I have one-on-one sessions that we can do online. I can also do packages um, for somatic work with the self-pleasure. Um, I find a one-off. You you don't even dive into the somatic work usually. It's a lot of coaching and, and getting deeper um, and getting to know each other. So usually a package works good. I also do three-month one-on-one coaching, which dives you deeply into it, um, which you can find on my website. And at the moment I am starting, I'm creating a, a plant medicine retreat working with sexuality with ayahuasca, which will be in Vanuatu in June. So that will be on the website soon so those are all the things that I'm currently offering and um my Instagram being a Chiron and I'm sure you'll put all of those juicy things in the links below but what I would love to say is you know I'm an open book I love talking about these things if you have any questions or if anything came up for you or if any memories got triggered um through this around anything to do with your sexuality because sometimes other people through their experiences or through questions can trigger memories it can trigger a a response just know that I'm here to support you so you're welcome to reach out to me you can email me you can send me a dm on instagram or if you find me on facebook you're welcome to message me I'm so available and open to um to hold anything or have any questions asked if needed because I know that this topic is one that can bring up a lot of things for people it's it's a it's a space where most people are scared to go and my teacher my um my mentor Victoria talks about sexuality being the last dragon to slay it's a big one and so when you're diving into this work just be discerning on who you work with be discerning on what it is that you're you're intending on working with and yeah just know that there are different people who are working in different spaces and my intention with the work that I'm doing is just to bring the person back into wholeness and bring those disowned aspects back into that oneness so that you can live a life of freedom of your highest joy your highest expression and know that you have it all within I'm not your answer medicine's not your answer anything outside of you is not the answer you are the answer what you're looking for is where you're looking from Mm. amen that was amazing love it (laughs) yes I will drop everything down below links all the ways to get connected to Vienna Um, like she said feel free to DM or email Um, 
And thanks so much for being here. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode of Living in the Yum podcast, please take just a minute and show it some love by subscribing, rating, and leaving a comment. This helps us to continue spreading the yum and changing lives across the globe. Speaking of, I work with clients in one-on-one settings around the world, and I'm so, so excited to announce to you my new 90-day one-on-one container, the Body Soul Lution. If you know that you are feeling called and ready to really up-level your life, to shift your experience with your body and soul connection, drop me a DM at Emma M. Garrison on Instagram. I do have limited spaces available so that I can maintain the depth with my clients, but I would love to hear from you if this sparks. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be here today with me. I so appreciate and value that. And I'm sending you so much love, so much light, and so much yum. I'll talk to you soon.